This morning, we begin a new sermon series entitled, The God Questions. These are some hard-hitting questions that, that maybe, maybe you've wondered about yourself, or, or someone has asked you and really didn't know how to answer them, or at least the answer you gave didn't really satisfy them. These are some of those questions that, that keep people away from church and ultimately from Christ. So the first of these God questions that we're going to look at today is this. Isn't the church just full of hypocrites? How do we answer that? What is the answer? More importantly, how does Jesus answer that? We're going to look at all that, but, but first, just so we're all on, on the same page, what really is hypocrisy? Uh, very simply, hypocrisy is saying one thing and doing another. Hypocrisy is, is when there's this inconsistency and, and they don't line up. Now, there's a number of different types of hypocrisy. Uh, what one form could be um, pointing out someone else's sins but not admitting your own. Or, or there could be having your own higher stands of morals, requiring everyone else to live to those morals, but you yourself aren't. Hypocrisy could be, um, well, saying that you're a Christian, but actually in your heart not believing in Christ. I mean, there's, just, there's a lot of different types or forms of hypocrisy. But ultimately, it's this inconsistency idea. What a person says and what they do do not agree. They, they don't line up. So, is the church full of hypocrites? Experience has taught us. Yes. In fact, that's our first fill-in-the-blank here. Experience teaches us hypocrisy is here. In the pews. Here. At Trinity. I mean, we've all experienced. We, we, there's someone here that we personally know that, that has said one thing and then done another we all know someone here where, where there's that inconsistency in what they say and what they do. We, we all know someone. And maybe it's someone who confesses they're a Christian here, but throughout the week, their words, their language is not consistent with what they confess here. Or maybe it's their dating life is not consistent with what we confess here. Or, or maybe it's, it's how they, they treat their employees throughout the week and, and then here is, is so very different. I, we all know people who have that inconsistency. And, and I, I would suggest if you don't know someone like that, it may be one of two reasons. One, maybe you're younger and, and just not had as many experiences 
or you just don't know other people on a deeper level. But the reality is, experience teaches us hypocrisy is here. But not just here. Experience teaches us uh, Trinity is not unique. It, it is around the world. I mean, you just turn on the news. And there is a scandal at this church, a scandal with this pastor. For some reason, I, I got on this email list called Ministry Watch. It's, it's a group that, that watches ministries and churches around the United States. And, and every week there's a report about a pastor who's been caught in this scandal or a church elder who's been caught in abuse and, and things like that. You, you just turn on the news. You know. Experience teaches us. Hypocrisy is here. And Jesus teaches us the same thing. And in fact, that's our second fill in the blank. Jesus teaches us hypocrisy is here. In Jesus' time, in his day, hypocrisy was there. Let's go back to the gospel reading today from Mark chapter 7 says, Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, uh, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pictures, and kettles. So... The Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? So you have to understand something here. These Pharisees, these, these experts in the law, over the years they had added their own traditions, their own laws above God's word. Almost, I think it's up to close to 700 additional rules and regulations. Washing hands was just one of them. And they ended up being more concerned about their own human man-made traditions. More concerned about that than what God actually said. And so Jesus calls them out on it. He calls them Hypocrites. This is what he said. He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. These Pharisees and these leaders, they, they were all concerned about what they had made up and not what God actually said. They said they were children of God, followers of God, but their words and their actions did not line up. There was inconsistency there. Jesus said there was hypocrisy there. And as you look at other places in the Bible, you see it there as well. Abraham. 
Abraham left his home, moved his entire family to go to that promised land that God promised to give him. He trusted God. He said he trusted God. And yet, when things got really hard, he lied about his wife and said that she was his sister. Moses. Moses' parents broke the law and kept him alive as a baby. They saw that he was special. And as he grew up, he he probably thought he was special. He was a child of God, and yet he murdered an Egyptian. David, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. And yet one night he was someplace he wasn't supposed to be looking where he was not supposed to look at and having sex with someone he was not supposed to have sex with and then ordering murder to cover it all up. Think of Peter. For three years he was a disciple, a student, a learner under Jesus. He learned so much. And one evening he boldly said that he would never abandon Jesus. Even if everyone else did, he never would. And within hours everyone else abandoned Jesus. And Peter swore up and down he didn't even know who Jesus was. Jonah was a prophet of God. Prophet is someone who who speaks on God's behalf, shares God's word, and Jonah loved to do it until God told him to go to a people and Jonah's own prejudices got in the way. We could go on for a very long time looking at examples in the Bible of these inconsistencies, saying one thing, and doing a different thing. Jesus teaches us. Hypocrisy is here. The Bible teaches us. Hypocrisy is not here. And what I mean by that is here in the cross. There is no hypocrisy in the cross. What God said, he did. What Jesus said, he did. I mean, that's why so many crowds were coming to see Jesus. He was different. What he said, he did. There was no hypocrisy in Jesus. He said he would suffer. He did. He said he would take our places. He did. He said he would die for us. He he did. He said he would rise from the dead. He did. There's no hypocrisy in Jesus. Now, as we look at hypocrisy, I think it's easy to see that not only is it here, it's 
is also here. We have said things, and our actions have been inconsistent. We say here that we follow Christ, that God's Ten Commandments are, are good to do, that is His will, and yet what happens? We, we say it's good to come to church. We say it's good to give offerings. We, we say it is good not to gossip. We say it is good to be sexually pure. We say these things, and, and yet throughout the week, there are those inconsistencies. And we know there's damage as a result. When someone professes to be a Christian and their life is inconsistent, there, there's damage. People see that. And, and trust is broken. Trust in, in God is affected. People can be pushed away from church and from Christianity, from Christ himself, because of our own inconsistencies. There's damage done when a dad confesses to be a Christian and never goes to church. There's damage done to his children. Teens, when you confess that your confirmation in Christ and that you promise to be faithful using God's word and sacrament coming to church and you don't, and you have younger siblings, there is damage done. There's damage done. When here, there's that Hypocrisy, saying one thing, doing another. And yet, what did the Bible say? There is no hypocrisy here. Jesus said, and he did. Now, if you've grown up in the church, you, you probably... Uh, heard that story, that account of when the, the leaders of the Jews found a woman and caught her in adultery and brought her in front of a crowd and they were going to stone her to death. That was the punishment back then. Which in and of itself shows their own hypocrisy. Where was the guy? But Jesus, he said, let the person without sin be the first one to throw a stone. And one after another, they dropped the stone and walked away. Jesus, the only one who truly could throw a stone because he was without sin, didn't. He forgave. And that is what he's done with us. For our inconsistencies, for our hypocrisies, for the damage that those things have done, Jesus paid for it all. There was no inconsistency in him, no hypocrisy in him. And because of what he did on that cross then, 
He's removed our sins. He's paid for our sins. He's forgiven them. He's forgiven the damage that we've done. He's forgiven all of it and removed it from us as far as the east is from the west. And so now, in God's eyes, there's no hypocrisy here. And one day, when we are at his side in heaven, there truly will be no hypocrisy. But we're not there yet. So, how do you respond to this question? Isn't the church full of hypocrites? So, so let me just say this. If someone actually asked that, understand that probably there's some personal experience that person had. Some experience they've had with, with a a Christian who said one thing and did another. And, and that inconsistency, that hypocrisy, has probably caused a lot of hurt, a lot of damage. So, so understand that, first of all. So how do you respond then? Isn't the church full of hypocrites? Yes. And I'm one of them. I've said things and done differently. And that's why I go to church. That's why I need church. That's why I need Jesus. Church is not for, for perfect people. Church is for those who need help. Church is for those who need Jesus. And if I ever give a, a different impression, I'm sorry. Because that just shows again why I need Jesus all the more. Someone's explained it this way. I've heard this many times. That church is like a, a hospital. You know, someone that goes to a hospital, they, they don't go to the hospital because they're healthy. They go there because they're sick or there's something wrong. They, they need help. Church is like that. Church is not for perfect people. Church is for those who need help, for those who need Jesus. I'm here because I need Jesus. And I pray you're here for the same reason. Amen. Let's have a prayer. Lord Jesus, you know. You know how many times we say and then do so very differently. Lord, thank you that you gave your perfect, consistent life on that cross to pay for all of my sins, all of my inconsistencies. Thank you, Lord, for removing our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. And so, Lord, help us to be honest with others. Honest and and confessing when we are inconsistent. And honest in, in telling people how much we need you. Lord, when people ask this question, give us that boldness, that the understanding to listen to their hurt, to say we're sorry, but then also to show why we, they, and all so desperately need you and your love and forgiveness. We ask this in your name.
Amen.